right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris Sims. Amazing. I'm happy. I'm very happy right now, Chris. I know you are. I'm happy to be back. I feel refreshed. I don't know what it is. It might be denial. Denial is in what? From what? What are you denying? Tell us. I don't think I've... This... Oh, man. I haven't thought about it. I have blacked out after thinking about the Eagles. (laughs) I have, like, channeled that negative energy, and I don't even want to think about it. Don't worry. I'll bring it back up. Sorry. That's, That's why you're the man. I know. I'm just. I'm, I'm. You just hold people accountable. Still waiting to hear from your mom and your dad. I wish I said some. Vine. I haven't. You vine everything in the world. Why couldn't you vine them being disgusted at the game or something? <sighs> All right. This is the Sims and Lefko <laughs> podcast. I am Adam Lefko. You are Chris Sims. Producer Josh Fendrick is in the house. Welcome. Oh man, that was tough, man. It was really hard that Eagles loss. Yeah. Because they came back and they blew it. I know. Sorry. Ugh. I felt it felt great. I love the Cowboys. <laughs> I really love Tony Romo, and I'm really happy for Jason Garrett. All seriousness, there. I really am. People talk about, oh, how would you like to be the head coach of the Washington Redskins or the head coach of the Oakland Raiders? How would you like to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Has there been a guy that's in a tougher position the last four years? Why? Because the owner does press conferences after the game. Exactly. I mean, that's not the easiest Can you situation. Can you so. imagine? No, I can't. You get done your job and your boss is there with TV cameras going, you know, I thought he did a good job out there. And it's like, what? After every single game, you're going to do a press conference? Real quick, before you guys keep going, on Twitter, Mike B, at Seahawk Scout. He's a fan. He follows at Sims and Lefko. He wanted me to tell you, Lefko. Uh, The tweet was, please tell Lefko for me that I'm disappointed in his Eagles. I thought they'd pull it out. Ha ha. <laughs> I love it. So that's Everybody's from Mike B on Twitter. What, what, what kind of ha ha do you think it was? That was. Do you a, think it was like a? <laughs> or do you think it was like a? <laughs> like what? Oh man! I know. Well, it's killer. In his world, though, a Seahawks fan probably uh, would have been better off rooting for you guys because you think the Cowboys could beat the Seahawks. That and if it came down to them not winning the NFC West and the tiebreakers on the back end, they would yeah. have it over you guys and the Eagles. But they're not going to have Eagles it over are going to go eleven and five and not get in the playoffs. And I'm going to have to deal with looking at an 8-8 eight and eight Saints team in the playoffs. With yeah. a home game. It, it is uh, unbelievable. I did but hear, you know what? Listen, they deserve it. If the Eagles don't get in, they blew it. It's on them. I did hear rumors, though, that the NFL is at thinking of reseeding next year. Really? And it's a legitimate thing. Two things I heard that they think are going to come up uh, in the rules meetings this year. Oh, I like it. The banquet beer. Uh, Let me tell you something. I was thinking about it, and I was going to do this show without a beer. Right. Because for some reason, there's no beer. In our office In right our now? office right now. It's dry. It's dry. So I went out. Oh. I can understand why it's dry. You and just I, spilled all over yourself. And I got some Coors Banquet beer. Because I'm an American man that wants to talk about football. But what were we talking about? Oh, the playoffs. They're going to add another team on both sides. Really? That's what they were saying. Add another team on both sides, and they were going to seed them, uh, which I thought was interesting. Hold on a second. I'm sitting here. I went out. I went to Dwayne Reed in the rain of New York City. I walked two blocks. Josh Fendrick goes, hey, by the way, you know we don't have any beer. And I went, oh, then I'm going to have to go buy some beer. Because I went out and I did it. Right. Josh puts a solo cup next to me right here and goes, hey, fill me up. What? Well, first of all, I was the one that told you that there was no beer and suggested that you go out and get one. So I have to give him beer because he told me we were out of beer? Well, I, I know, yeah, yeah, you do have to give him beer. You should have bought him one Had I known you were going, I would have given you some money or oh. I would have said, would you please get me one? Oh, I, my gosh. No, what a I, selfish jerk you are. I was trying to be, I was trying to be a slick mother. Yes. It's like motherfucker. Okay. And I was going to go get a beer. And it was all really to see Josh's reaction on his face. Right. Because for him, it was keeping the tradition alive. And you know what? You couldn't hear it. <laughs> that is some great natural sound. That was awful. That was a beer going in a cup. Don't make me feel guilty. Jeez. As long as Sims has my back. I do. 
Couldn't buy you a beer. Well. The franchise of Bleacher Report. <laughs> Sounds like Tiger Woods not tipping people. He can't buy, <laughs> can't buy you a beer, Josh. You know, you know sometimes when it feels like an intervention, that's right. what I feel like I'm getting right now. Yeah, good. I was a little cheap. Good. That's on me. Glad you're self-analyzing and realizing it. You know who else is going to be cheap? What person? Some GMs around the NFL. <laughs> Can I get a rim shot, please? Uh, Jeez. What have you guys got Hey! Made me feel good. Uh-huh. You go need to make a phone call. Because we have a special guest coming on. Adam Lefko is back in the building. Oh, my God. <laughs> Interview today is with the wonderful wide receiver, the Detroit Lion phenom, Roy Williams. Not the coach. Roy Eugene Williams Jr. He is a wide receiver that, dude, what I remember the way he used to ball, used to kill people. All right. And now, the man, the myth, the legend... I have been so excited to talk to this man. He is going to speak with Chris Sims in two seconds, his former teammate, Roy Williams. My friend, how are you, sir? All right, what's going on? Hey, there's, I mean, unbelievable. I haven't heard Roy's country voice in a long time. What's up, man? How you doing? All right. I, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. What are you up to? Oh, man, just out here in this oil field, man, trying to make a dollar or two. Ah, you're in the oil field. So that's what I wanted to ask first. So you're you're not living in Dallas, or are you back in West Texas? I'm back in West Texas, man, back in Odessa. Um, I still have my house in Dallas, so uh, my family and I, we, we go there sometimes and, and uh, hang out in the in the real city and get away from the <laughs> Hell summer yeah. week there in Odessa. Hell yeah. No, I think it's awesome that you're in the Roy, let me tell you something, man. I was talking to Chris, and I said, who have you not spoken to in forever? And he was like, man, Roy. And the thing that I love about it, Roy, is that Texas team, you guys were badass, and then you went to the next level, and in my opinion, had the best wide receiver stiff arm for like an eight-year span. I thought any dude that was going to tackle you was getting a Roy Williams stiff arm to the face. Dude, what was it like? Can you tell me a story about Chris Sims in college? One story, because we like to razz him here. It might embarrass the dude a little bit. Uh, man, I ain't got any stories on Sydney, no. man. Uh, well, we'll just talk about – Well, we could talk about all the times I whooped your butt in Madden. Uh, we could talk well, about – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I, I know I got one. Uh, <laughs> we, we used to play this kicking game, this punting game. <laughs> right. To see who can, get the, who, who can punt the ball closest to the end zone without it going in. Right. And – you know, we didn't have it. Well, I didn't have money back then. Of course, Chris had all the money in the world. Uh, wait, I'll, inter- I'll interrupt that. I did. Yes, I did have money. Roy was not doing too bad for himself no. in college. No. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. So, so, so he punts. So he goes first. All right. So he punts the ball probably four inches from the goal line, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, dang, you know, like, ain't no way I can beat that. So I just scooched this little pun on down there, and I mean, I beat Chris by like two inches. (laughs) And I felt like the richest man in the world because I got the rich man's money right there, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) How competitive were you So, And that just carried carried off from me kicking his butt in Madden, (laughs) me kicking his butt in... Now, they would beat me in like Halo and stuff. I'm not not a shooter. I don't shoot. (laughs) I I just play football. No, we. Uh, yeah, Roy, how competitive were you guys? We, we, Roy and I had a great competitive relationship. First of all, Roy was uh, a great worker. Yeah, uh, he was a great worker in the sense he wasn't going to come in the weight room and be mm. dedicated in the weight room always. I'm not saying that to put him down. Roy was freakish. He probably had to watch out how much he lifted weights because he would get so big and muscular. Roy, one day, just to tell you how big of a freak is. Roy walked into the weight room one day, I'll never forget this, flip-flops, backpack, no warm-up, power clean, 300 pounds. Just like that. That just tells you what kind of athlete Roy is. And, you know, it's always funny, I'm going to kiss your butt for a minute or two, Roy, 
Because Adam here, Adam's the other guy talking. I don't even yeah. know if he introduced himself to it's you. It's right. Roy Williams, me and him go way back. Yeah, you're from Philly, so he's rude. Um, but <laughs> Roy, when I, I, I talk about, you know, the best receivers I played for or played with so many times, and I only think of the NFL guys, Yeah. Roy was the most physically gifted receiver I ever played with. Ever. At Texas, yes. He would go above Joey Galloway, Brandon Marshall, Kenny Britt. When Roy was hitting on all cylinders, he was a true freaking nature. He was a special athlete, player, everything. Damn. So there you go, Roy. <laughs> but, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. But the other thing, too, the great thing about we, we, we had hours of Madden yeah. in the room, in the dorm room. I lived in my dorm for three years, so I was there, and he was down the hallway. What was – so, Roy, you come in, and the quarterback of Texas is from New Jersey. What was that like? Uh, you know what, man? I came in. Let me let me give you two differences that I found out right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> coming from Odessa Permian, where we all were the same face mask. The Thurman Thomas with the crossbar down the middle. Right, right. <laughs> Every player at Permian wore that. The quarterback, the receivers, the offense, it didn't matter. Like, everybody. So, I get to Texas. Now I have this open visor-looking thing where, you know, there's no crossbar. Okay, so I put that on. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I can't see. <laughs> and then I've never had a left-handed quarterback throw me a ball. Really? So I'll never, I'll never forget the first ball this man threw to me. Of course, it, I, there was no chance I was going to catch that ball. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is coming? What the heck is coming at me? So uh, to have those two things, I mean, that was, that was a big difference for me. And I had to get used to Chris's, um, you know, the way that he threw the football because it came – different than what I've seen all my life. But, uh, you know, with him being the big talent and the, the number one quarterback in the nation, may I add, <laughs> not just the state, but in the nation, and uh, to come down and contribute to the University of Texas, man, you know, uh, we had big expectations, and, uh, you know, we fell a little short, but at the same time, man, we everybody made uh, great friendships, and um, we left it all out there on the field. Yes, we did. That's right. I have one question. Can you do a Mac Brown impression? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Lefko does a pretty good uh, Mac Brown. It's okay. It's pretty good. You got his halftime. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Chris Sims, like him? Good guy. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Give me yeah, his half- I, can't, I can't do it. Halftime, he's like, he's like so Florida's bad. good. <laughs> Florida's good. Georgia's good. Coaches, they do a great job. They do a great job down there. Right. Florida, like what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get I back. One of, his, one of his sayings, one of his sayings, are, you know, I can't do his voice, but his sayings are, you know, if Sally likes it, I like it. Yes, I wanted so, to hear it. If you can imagine somebody saying that, I mean, that, that, that's If so Sally funny. likes it, I like he it. He would literally say stuff like that to us at times, like, you know, I, I think we're going to whoop their butt. The coaches think we're going to whip their butt. <laughs> and Sally says we're going to whip their butt. He would always add his wife into it. She was always around. Of course, we would laugh, and it, she was great. She was a great like woman to be around the yeah. program. Everybody could talk to her. She always made herself very welcoming. Uh, but we also used to like kind of rag Mac behind the scenes and be like, "Is he really bringing up his wife in like our pep game speeches? <laughs> Come on, Mac. Come on." Roy, you're from Odessa. You go to Texas. What is it like to live in Detroit? Uh, you know what? Uh, it, it's funny because I tell so many stories nowadays. Uh, I feel like I'm 57, but uh, <laughs> when I got drafted, I was I was uh, blessed enough to be invited to New York. Uh, you know, got drafted by the Lions, left that night to go to Detroit. So we're flying on the next day. So I'm flying in, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm like, this is not what I pictured. You know, the big Motown, it looked like. <laughs> it was like a bigger Odessa to me. Wow. And uh, to me. Yeah. And uh, once I got there, um, you know, I, I lived in the in the, in a nice suburb out there. And uh, it was pretty nice. You know, the team was good. I was, you know, our record didn't show it, but as far as teammates and personalities, we all got along great. And it's just the city, when I left, I paid $864,000 for my house. When I sold that house when I left, I sold it for $400,000. Wow. Holy crap. That's unbelievable. So so that was like the, you know, and I'm not down in Detroit by no means whatsoever. No. I love playing there and I love the city. It's just, you know, that was the atmosphere Yeah. that I lived in. That's so true. And you if know, you and think, now you, that's crazy. 
Well, I can let me give you a good Roy Williams welcome to the big city moment too, because what my before was that be, I guess it was before my senior year, before Roy's junior year, uh, which he could have came out as junior year. At the end of our junior year, we beat LSU in the Cotton Bowl. Roy was the MVP of the game. He had had an unbelievable end of the sure. year. So before our senior year, he comes up here for a week. We're gonna throw footballs, work out up here. Uh, he's got his girlfriend. Of course, I'm with my girlfriend, which is my wife now. We go out into a New York taxi cab. And the taxi cab, we want to go down to the World Trade Center. This is before 9-11. And we're going to go down there. and go. We went on the roof of the, the Twin Towers that day. You still there, Roy? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so we get in the cab. The cab's mad that I'm sending him that way. He wanted to go yeah, another nobody direction. Wants to go that right. Time. So yeah. I mother his ass, that <laughs> cab. Yeah, there's oh, my Ro- curse word. Roy, I forgot to tell you, by the way. Everyone in the show is allowed a curse word. You can use it whenever you like. You only get one, though. So whenever you feel the need to do it, you let us know, and then we will celebrate it afterwards. That was Chris. That was a good one. Right. I thought it was a good one. So I, 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 let, the cat, I let the cat have it. And I looked over at Roy, and Roy was pinned back, looking at me like, did you really just talk to him like that? Are we, should, we, should we stay in this? Uh, so that was a, a huge big city moment that I, I can still remember having with Roy. I like that. And Roy, you still yeah, you still balling up pancakes and eating them and just throwing them in your mouth? You think I got weird eating habits? Yeah, Roy. So we've been making fun of Sims on the podcast because he has very weird eating habits. He has never eaten a banana. He does not eat eggs. We had him taste a bagel for the first time in his life. Um, I hear you have weirder <laughs> eating habits than that. Is there truth to this? Uh, I, I, I just have my preferences. <laughs> I remember... On this same trip that Chris was talking about, you know, uh, his dad, Mr. Sims, was uh, making pancakes that one morning. Uh, and uh, I'm a big pancake lover. Love them. <laughs> and I fit into it. And I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to be rude. But I was like, you know, there's something different about this, about this these pancakes. <laughs> and he's like, well, I made it from scratch. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's just something that's way you use 2% milk. <gasps> yes. That's, that's what I take. I don't. I've never tasted two percent milk or one percent. Why? What do you? What do you drink, Roy? Whole milk. Whole whole milk only. Right. Whole milk only. I'm with you, man. That's like a way to live your life. Whole milk only. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, right now, you know, I played at two fifteen. Wait, hold on. What happened with the pancakes? Oh, uh, we, he went to the store and got some whole milk and came back and made made some <laughs> some better better pancakes. But Roy big, was big Phil. Big Phil said, "You know what? Uh. You, you got to understand how Roy eats them. He doesn't put butter or pancakes on them. He will get he syrup. He, uh, syrup. I mean, sorry, he will not get butter or syrup on. It. He'll have a stack of pancakes, ten pancakes, right? He will have a cup of ice, no water, just ice. Why? And then he would roll up the pancakes into a ball, throw them in his mouth, eat them." And then maybe suck on an ice cube while he did it. What are you, like in a food competition? <laughs> See, he's not denying it. So there you go. That is a great... And and then when my... Hey, that was, that was, <laughs> go ahead. That was back in the day, man. I, I used some butter and syrup now. Okay. You know, like I said, I was, I was uh, you know, I was, I was 212, 215, you know, playing back then. And, you know, I got on the scale today. I'm 243, so... Uh, the butter and service is, is, is it's catching up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, but pancakes are great. Yeah. Wait, so do you have any foods that you will not eat, Roy? Uh, foods that I will not eat. Yeah, that you refuse to eat. Uh, I won't eat an oyster. I'm with you. Shouldn't pay me a billion dollars. I'll just pass. Yeah, eat a what? Uh, oyster. An oyster. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I ain't touching that damn thing either. See, so I couldn't pay you guys a million dollars to eat oysters. It would be tough. I'd probably take a million. Roy has more money than I me. Mean, he won't. I'm not going to eat it. I'm That's not going to eat it all. But Roy did make a bet as well. Uh, Roy doesn't like cinnamon, spoonfuls of cinnamon. He almost choked and died at my, at my house. <laughs> Also, on that same trip, because <laughs> we were doing the Spoonful of Cinnamon trip. Yeah, I heard. I heard about and, it on uh, YouTube. Roy had a call at quits about 8.30, 9 o'clock that night, because his, his throat was closing up, and he's like, I got to go to bed. Roy, do you have a curse word that you'd like hey. to unleash on us right now? What'd you say? Do you have a curse word that you'd like to unleash on us right now? I'm trying to give you the opportunity here. Man, I would have unleashed about 50 of them already, but... 
you know, I'm trying to stay. Oh, we'll bleep it out. Parade. We'll bleep it out, Roy. <laughs> hey, so. Oh, that cinnamon. That cinnamon <laughs> shit. Hey. Uh, that's coming all. That was coming all out of nose. And, you know, every time I talked, I could feel it. And I was just saying it was uncomfortable feeling. And I would never in my life do a cinnamon challenge again. Ever. <laughs> so, so. I, I mean, we haven't talked in so long. I, I, I feel like, I mean, I, I got other questions I just want to ask you about life, but I won't go there. Uh, ask, one, ask one question about life. Well, I want to know how his mom's doing, his mom and his brother. His mom was always around. His mom, a great woman, strong personality, uh, wouldn't be afraid to mother F the coaches at college if, they did, if we didn't get Roy the ball, which was ridiculous. I was mother effing him, too, in my, under my own breath, like, Man, we got the best receiver in football. We threw it to him three times today. What are we doing? Uh, but how are they doing? How's mom and brother? Every, everybody's good, man. Uh, my mom, she's she's still the same, man. She's. Uh, I remember my senior year, I was X amount of yards away from breaking the receiving records or whatever. And uh, uh, it was our last game against Texas A&M at Kyle Field or whatever, and uh, right. I think it was a Cedric Benson show. He probably had 300-something yards rushing. Right, you remember. Know? And us as receivers, we were just blocking on the outside. And uh, my mom was so – we won the game. You know, and you have to understand me. As long as we win, I'm good as gold. You know, if we lose, then I would have been pissed off. Right. But we won. We won, and uh, go out, get ready to go outside, my mom – you know, I know that look. You know, you know your mom, so you know that look. And right. I'm like, oh, hell, what, did, what, what have you done? <laughs> said, I just talked to that Greg Davis mother effer. <laughs> I just told him what I felt. You should have had all these yards. And I'm like, Mom, we won the game. You know, it's good. So, and then she attacked. Well, she didn't attack. But, you know, she, she's become good friends with Mr. Jones, Jerry Jones. Right. You know, she, uh, had, a, she had a good relationship with him, too. So, <laughs> she's not afraid. And uh, she's not afraid of people, but people are afraid of her. Hold on. You're telling me you're telling me there's a Roy Williams mother Jerry Jones story? Uh, no, I just you know <laughs> it may be, but you know it's just She a, sounds incredible. Think, She's incredible. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, he respects he respects Chris Hill. Let's just leave it like that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I would too. She is. Uh, she's as cool as they come. She really is. I. I always enjoyed her. She's certainly not going to hold back what's on her mind. That's awesome. All right. So wait, you're in the oil business up there. I mean, all this money you made. You got all this money, and I know you're Mister Thrifty. Uh, you haven't spent probably ten dollars of your rookie contract yet, <laughs> but you're looking to collect more money from oil. And uh, you know what, man, it's, uh, you know, when I go back and I talk about Detroit and how, you know, I lost all that money in the house and how that industry is up there, to be down here Mm. in today's times where a Motel 6 is $179 a night and uh, (laughs) uh, half the, like, let's say Chili is a Red Lobster, half of of that restaurant is shut down because they don't have enough workers to open the full restaurant because everybody's in the oil field. Right. I mean, this this city right now is ridiculous. Really? We're, we're about 99,000, you know, normally, but right now we're about 140. I mean, so we're, there's more people here that is, we're not built for all those type of people. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, well, it's, you know, so, I don't, yeah. So, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of money to be made out here if you do it right. And, uh, of course, you know, I think I'm doing it the right way and, and, uh, hopefully I won't go broke, but, uh, Making a little, making a little change out here, man. Hard trucking, man. Good for you, man. Uh, let it. me know when you strike oil. I'd love to sign up. <laughs> hey, what do you think about uh, you know UT Texas football? I, I didn't get to watch them a whole lot this year because I'm so NFL heavy right now. Uh, but I like Charlie Strong. I think that was an awesome hire. But I, I would like to hear what you think about it. Uh, I, I think it was a good hire. I think they'll be back on their feet in maybe uh, two years, two or three years, if they give Coach Strong that long. Right. Uh, um, I think that their philosophy right now was a little, at the beginning of the year, was, wasn't was the right fit, uh, trying to spread people out and run that traditional spread offense stuff that uh, not trying to disrespect Texas because I bleed orange every day. I wear a Texas uh, wristband every day, but... I mean, other than Shipley, because that's a household name in Texas, I couldn't name another receiver. I'm with you. you know, so you, like, who are you throwing to? Right. And 
You know, my thing was, why don't you get back to Greg Davis days and just get in high formation and just pound the ball. Yes. Just pound it. You got two really good running backs. Your offensive line is not as good, but, I mean, let's – you run the ball, I'm a big time. I'm, I believe in running the football. I may be a receiver, but I've always been like, let's run the ball. I know you are. Roy's, Roy's old school. That gives you the best chance to win. Right. And once they start doing that, that's when Texas went on a three three or four-game win streak, however long it was. And uh, so I, I think once they get the right pieces in place, I think that'd be pretty good. All right, good. We'll keep them in line down there. I mean, you know, keep supporting Charlie because I'm afraid they're going to overthrow him before he gets a chance to get his players in there, and I want to see him have a fair chance. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I like him. Uh, I remember the first time I talked to him when he got hired. He's like, "Is there anything you 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 want me to do or or anything?" I said, "Yeah, get that punter out of number four. <laughs> you know, the punter shouldn't be wearing number four." <laughs> and he amazing. laughed it off. Punish still wearing number four. I was kind of serious, but I kind of wasn't. Yeah, right, right. Of course. <laughs> Roy, you are the man, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks, man. man. Call me anytime, man. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna, call, dude. I'll call you before the week's up. I really do. I want to catch up. I hope you're good, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, tell everybody I said hi. See you, man. All right. See ya. Roy, can I tell you something that I like about Roy? Yeah. Roy's there's, a man. There's something about hearing a man's voice and knowing that he's about to tell a story. Right. And knowing that it's going to be a story that I want to hear. Yeah. And Roy, I like that. Roy is uh, one of those guys that was very quiet. Uh, I the, totally didn't even put two together. Honestly, it's one of those things you think the NFL is impervious. Right. That it doesn't hit anything. Right. And when I think about Detroit and I think about what happened with the mm-hmm. crash and the car, the automobile industry and stuff, the people that are in that, that community – even the guys that play for the Lions will be financially if impacted by that. No doubt. I got a piece of that in Tampa Bay. I think I've told you that. Uh, I had bought my first house to live in. I was renting my first few years in the NFL. Yeah. Finally, you know, get married. We're going to buy a spot. We buy a little townhome. My wife and I were getting ready to have our first kid, Charlotte. Bought it. I lost a lot of money. Did you really? Bought it. Uh, about six months later, everything crashed. And then I uh, left the, the Bucks, went on to the Tennessee Titans, put it on market, and yeah, it's uh, so yes, nobody is. It's crazy. Nobody can get away from the economy, right? But Roy is awesome. I wish you, I wish you guys could meet Roy. You you really wouldn't understand how quirky he is, dude. I want to go down to the uh, oil. It fields made me miss and, him and check actually. out Roy on the oil fields. Oh yeah, Roy's he's all business. Let's do a video. He is Roy is. Uh, I'm down. I'll go. Roy is the kind of friend I had that I literally I had the keys to our practice field, and I had the keys to the lights, so yeah. I could I could go over there anytime I want, middle of July, and we could be we would be you know I I might eleven o'clock. Been, been a busy day. Like man, I wanted to throw all day. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to throw. I would call like Roy at like ten thirty at night and be like, "Hey, dude, you want to go throw footballs?" Roy would never turn down a chance. He'd be, "Yeah, let's do it." That's awesome. Pick me up. I'd go pick it him up. It is so funny yeah. to me how people always have a problem catching left-handed quarterbacks. Yeah, it's different. Who are the best left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Uh, gosh, I mean, really, in, yours, in your Ma- opinion, Mo- I mean, Michael Vick is lefty. There's only a f- uh, there's only a yeah, few. Yeah, who are the other lefties? Vick is lefty. Uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. There's no other starter that's lefty right now. Um, I think Vic is the only lefty I can think of right now. I got to look at a ro- uh, teams just to make sure I'm not forgetting. But Please. yeah, it's very rare. It's funny how it's so common in baseball, but rare in football. All right, so here's what I want to do. Yeah. First, I want to give him a proper introduction. Sexy time. For <laughs> what? <laughs> Drum roll, please. All right, let's turn it down real quick. Uh, I want to have Stephen Nelson. Oh, and then we have a surprise that I want Stephen to be here for. Special guest. Mm. Who, who could it be? I don't know. I can't see. <laughs> Stephen in your salmon polo shirt. Let's go on the down low, shall we? <laughs> Andrew Luck is an odd creature. He's become known for issuing compliments to defenders after being sacked and or hit. Like, great job, buddy. Or, nice hit. According to the Wall Street Journal, this has gotten into his opponent's heads. Eagles defensive back Nolan Carroll, who 
Lefko loves ice cream. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> says, quote, I'm like, what's going on? Shouldn't he be mad? And then I'm the one who gets ticked off because an upbeat, bat, upbeat attitude isn't just something you see. Adam, Chris, <laughs> if you guys sacked each other, what compliments would you pay one another? What soft breasts do you have? That was what I would say to Adam if I had to sack him or he sacked me. I would say, man, that was, there was a lot of cushion there. That didn't hurt that much. Hit me again. It's funny that you should say that. If I were to get sacked by Chris and I went to pay him a compliment, I would go, your hair doesn't look that bad today. <laughs> oh, it would just it would sit in him like a fiery pit of anger. I've heard that about Andrew Luck though. When I did the Jags Colts game a few Typical weeks ago, topic changer. Senderic Marks made a comment about it when we met him. Oh yeah. Everybody wants to hear about Senderic Marks. Just avoid the topic of your hair. Moving on. It's an issue we've all been talking about. Yes. <laughs> You're a vain guy, aren't you? <laughs> no. No. Chris is a... Uh, Boss hog. But I do like fashion. He does. That you do. Does that I make would me agree vain? I don't know. No. Okay. Just means you have nice socks. <laughs> no, I don't. That's one thing I don't. <laughs> Steven Nelson. Two straight losses have dropped the Philadelphia Eagles. God damn it. Behind the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East standings. After the game, Jeremy Macklin was frustrated because, quote, we're not really in control of our own destiny anymore, which is bullshit. <laughs> I hate that cliche, and I'm curious. Chris, as a player, what was your go-to cliche in Lefko, your most hated cliche in sports? Uh, it's come up in conversation a lot with Lefko, actually, and I think he's starting to realize it's not a cliche from yeah. NFL people. But the one game at a time, one day at a time, it is so frustrating. Uh, I used to think when you'd interview a player and they go, honestly, we're not worried about that. It's one game at a time. I'd be like, ugh. And then when you think about it. Well, I think about it too sometimes. This is changing the topic. Is driving home from New York City. If you just, I drive home every day. If you lumped it together, okay, driving home 365 days a year, the chances are you're going to get in an accident, right? But I attack it one day at a time. I feel like I'm going to be safe that day. I'm going to be safe today, this day, and I'll tackle tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. That's how an athlete looks at it, but I did use that a lot. That's why Chris Sims comes to the office, and he like looks around at people, and they're like, he's like, geez, why isn't anybody working right now? This isn't productivity. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, that's, but it's the mindset of a locker room. It's another world. It is. And you don't know it unless you're in there. You don't. Well, the NFL coaches, as we've talked about, they're very conservative. They're very – there's a lot with military backgrounds. So that it's trickles crazy. down through the locker room. And, of course, hey, a lot of the players in the NFL, they are also from middle America, yeah. from the south. They have military ties, military people in their family. I know half my family's from the south. I have military ties. So there's a certain belief in that way of – uh, life anyways, and yeah. the NFL is definitely about following orders. I went above one of my bosses at New England once and went to Belichick's office. I had always had a report to my tight ends coach. Well, he wanted me to do the special project, and then he left into a staff meeting and like didn't tell me any of the details, and I knew I was doing this for Bill Belichick. So I'm kind of stressed. It's like my third week on the job, and I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm doing a project for Coach Belichick. I don't know what he wants. I don't even know what this guy told me to do. So finally I was like, the hell with it. I'm going down to Coach Belichick's office. I'm going to walk in there and ask him what he wants. Just going to go old. I walked in. Wa hey, yo, Bill. What's up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't go like that. Walked in. Uh, yes, Chris, what can I help you with? And then I'm like, <laughs> that's how he does. What can I help you with? And then I'm like, Coach, you know, this project, I just want to make sure you're okay if I do it this way, this way, this way, whatever. So whatever. I get it started. It comes time for practice. I'm walking on the practice field. I see Josh McDaniels, Nick Casario, who's like the head of pro personnel, and George Gossi, who's my, the tight ends coach, who's in charge of me. And they, hey, Chris, come here. Basically, they told me never to effing do that again and just <laughs> do your job and shut the hell up. So that's football world. That's life in the NFL. In terms of that was great. That was a great story. Oh. 
Thanks. Are you being serious? Or no, I thought it was good. Your Belichick impression. Was, no, I love yeah. your Belichick impression. What if uh, Tom Brady knocks on the door? What's Bill going to say to him? Uh, he's going to be like, Tom, uh, what can I help you with? <laughs> Does he just say that? <laughs> That's kind of how he is. He's just like that. You like you can. Would walk... he change if Robert Kraft walked in the door? Uh, no, he really wouldn't. Bill Belichick awesome. doesn't good change for, for anybody, and his thought his thoughts are so deep. I think at times, like he, you could walk by him in the hallway, he might not notice you're there quote that I think is the worst quote in sports or in life is it is what it is. I'm done. I have no interest in it. It is what it is, is I hear what you're saying to me. I'm going to put words out that you can write down, but they mean nothing. It is what it is. Yeah. I hear you. That is. Good. Yeah. But what was it? Yeah. That and, what it is. and swagger. I've had what about enough of swagger too. Oh, oh he's got sw- swag. He's got swagger. He's got swag. I've had enough of that phrase. You're done why, with swag. I, yes. why I said Macklin's quote was BS because destiny, as Chip Kelly has said, uh. destiny is a predetermined set of events, therefore cannot be controlled. Wow. Agree. Control destiny. Chip smart. Chip is smart. Yeah. Chip is smart. Should we go back down again? I think we should. A 22 year old man was. Burglar. <laughs> I thought you were going to say burgers. A 22-year-old man who burglarized Oklahoma head coach Bob Stutes' home was sentenced to nine months in prison. He and an accomplice stole a phone, cash, (laughs) credit cards, keys, and a vehicle, all while Stoops and his family were sleeping. Wow. Now, let's say that there is no family involved here. (laughs) You, too are a band of bandits. The wet Which bandits. coach would you rob? Oh, man. I'm hmm. Marv, and what was the other guy in the wet bandits in Home Alone? Oh. Harry. Yeah, Marv. Ha- yeah. Harry! Joe, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. That's perfect. You're Daniel Stern. I'm Joe Pesci. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Means I'm going to get a blowtorch to the top of the head. What <laughs> coach do we want to rob? Somebody that's old and rich. And I want a flashy coach. I want old and rich because I want somebody that can't chase me down once I stole stuff. That's a good stuff. point. All right, so which old rich coach? You know, Saban. He might be a guy you have to go over. No. Saban will have like a Saban tactical would be, defense yes. system in Saban his house. Saban would be like Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. Right. Like, the he would be like, he'd be like, I'm he's Andy Garcia. Yes, he's like, I'm going to hunt you down, and I'm going to ruin your family's life. Right, okay. It's like, why, Nick Saban, why are you speaking like that? We don't want to mess with Saban. Don't want to mess with Saban. Mm. Yeah, it's like... Oh, man. I'm thinking robbing Lane Kiffin would be kind of cool. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because I feel like he'd be on his lawn, like, right afterwards, be like, son of a bitch! I'd <laughs> be like, gotcha, Lane. What, what? We're in the trunk around the corner. <laughs> oh, my god! No, but an old coach that's rich. Who do you got, Nelson? Would you rob Mac? Uh, Mac, Mac would be up there. He's got a lot of money. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff in his house, paid for by himself, boosters, all of that. He would be up on the top of that list. That would be a good one. Yes, man. I, you know, he would have a guarded estate. Maybe <laughs> yes. Tony Dungy, because he might forgive Ooh. you faster. Oh, very creative, you. <laughs> Just thinking very, outside the box. Here. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad one. All right. Um, well, now I, I, will, I think we, you can ask this. Ellis, we have a, a new guest right now. I have an idea. Ellis was the voice of our intro. Hello. And that is Ellis. Ellis, if you could rob one coach, who would it be? Oh. Huh. Or a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could rob a basketball player, it'd be Nick Young because he only no. tweets about it. <laughs> yeah, he gets it happens all the time. Ellis, I have found, has an incredible ability. Is he still dating Iggy Azalea? He is. Yeah. That's a good job by him. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yes. Ellis has an incredible ability. He's not backed up. <laughs> of making it seem like you're entering an arena. Right. And I think all he needs is the right music. Okay. And I think we're going to challenge him right now. Right. Are you ready? I don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> May I have some music, please? Please introduce Chris Sims. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, the soldier of the sensitive smell. If it doesn't get past his nose, it's a no-go. Chris Sims! Uh, You have an amazing voice. Wasn't that great? It's amazing. It was amazing. I know. I think it's an ability. I need the music again, and we're going to try somebody (laughs) else. Again? Give me the music one more time. Yeah, dude. Okay. 
I would like you to introduce Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I want you to introduce Johnny Manziel to the room. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, he's broke as a joke, but he's trying to get back on the come up, Johnny Manziel! <laughs> <laughs> And this is not written down. Right. This is all improvisational. I really hope he makes his money back. Sims, come up with one. Uh, I want one on Adam Lefko. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's see. Right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, the second person to use the phrase, Oh, red, oh, red, oh, red, oh, red. Adam (laughs) Lefko. Who was the first person? Kevin Hart. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. He All was right. on World Star like twenty times. He's great. I, I was yeah. World Star Hip Hop. Yeah, I've heard of it. I'm all over the place. I know you are. <laughs> You're pretty good, both of you. Who who would win in a uh, you know a flow session between you two? Oh, Ooh. I don't know. You know, Ellis has Ellis has the um, the intangibles. He's the underdog. He can come in. He could be like, oh, dude. He's just smoother than you. He is smooth. Yeah. Ellis is smooth. Yes. I appreciate that. I want one more, and I want it on Josh Fendrick, our producer. <laughs> Completely random. I'm just excited about it. I want one for Nelson, too. So do Nelson first. Let's, everybody gets one. Yeah, let's go around the horn. Ready? <laughs> sure. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage this evening, he has teams from three different states and doesn't know who to root for at any given time. Steven Nelson! You're right. He's all over the place. He's all over the place. All over the place. He's an L.A. fan. Ducks, Bears. Pick one. Are you, you're not even wow. an Oregon Ducks. He's an Oregon State fan. You know, hold on. You know what's funny before you talk is that this would be your intervention. I had one earlier that I was cheap because no. I didn't get Josh Fendrick a beer. No. It was really, it changed my perspective. I apologize. It's quite all right. I'll explain this quickly. I root for the Chicago Bears, the Chicago White Sox, right. the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Okay. And the Los Angeles Lakers. So keep it Chicago then. Now, here's the reason why I don't root for the Bulls, even though I grew up in the era of Jordan. Remember, there were some bad Lakers teams in the early 90s, and I rooted, I root, rooted for them. Right. My dad grew up, my dad, not Phil Simms, yes. grew up in Chicago, went to a Bulls game yeah, back my when dad, Jerry Sloan Phil and Norm Van Leer played for Chicago. Asked, went down to the court, asked them for the autograph, and Jerry Sloan, I cannot, I already used my curse word, Jerry Sloan told my dad to F off. Oh. My dad went to the other team, tried to get autographs, and they all signed it. That team was the Lakers. Right. So when he moved out to California in the 80s, he, he was, or since ever since, after that point, he was a Lakers fan, moved out to California. We had season tickets to the Forum. Right. So that is why I'm a Lakers fan. Right. And then when the fan base started turning over cars after winning championships, I said, I'm out. So I don't really, I'm not like a diehard Lakers fan. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, that's a justifiable story. Thank you. I can buy that. <laughs> How does Until Oregon you become a that? Yankees fan here in uh, New York. Don't do that. <laughs> Do it. Oh, yeah. Do it. You're a Yankees fan. Bacardi and Coke. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Yankees fan. What is the equivalent of the Yankees fan in the NFL? Is that the Cowboys? There's no equivalent. It's greatness stands alone. The Yankees. They stand by themselves. Josh, are you agreeing with this? Yeah. Yes. I'm saying the, the Cowboys are the equivalent. Oh, wow. They are. Yeah, that's why I dislike a, all of them. Uh, I, don't, I don't. Are they the equivalent? I guess so. And didn't them or Green Bay? Was, uh, a Yankees, a Lakers. Dude, that to me is like there. the ultimate sign when I'm done with somebody. When they're like, "Yeah, you know what? I just like the Yankees and the Cowboys." I'm like, "Ugh." Yeah. God. A, a lot of people always are like, "Well, why didn't you root for the Mets? Why did you have to root for the Yankees?" And I want to be like, "Well, the Mets were like 45 farther minutes away from the house than <laughs> the Yankees, so that was reason number one." Uh, then I, I grew up with Andre Randolph, Willie Randolph's son. That was another huge reason. That is awesome. Also, you told me you used to shag ball, fly balls. Yeah, I went to a ba- uh, yep, batting practice one day before a game. That was an awesome experience. Uh, that and between, you know, I was 12 years old and all the gum they have in those clubhouses, holy cow, it was like a dream come true. I was in a sugar overload by the end of that game. And how old were you? I was like 10, maybe 12. You were 12 years old eating Yankee candy. Oh, man, just eating, like, not, not just, like, packs of bazooka. 
packs of bazooka. Which, is there a better gum on earth than bazooka? I mean, Oreos... kind of starts off a little if chunky. If Oreos doesn't want us to uh, be our advertiser, then Bazooka Joe could certainly be mine, too. I love Bazooka Joe. The original? <laughs> Come Did you on. read the comic strip? I do. I do. Sometimes, you do. I, I you still, still do. I still do, because now my kids ask me. I still buy Bazooka Joe. Followed by Bigly Chew? I mean, come on. Have you gotten Christmas there... presents yet? No. It's um... not Christmas yet, so usually they don't come till then. <laughs> no, I mean, have you, get... have you bought them for uh, your family? No, I have not. I only buy for my wife, and it's very hard to buy for my wife. I'm worried about you. She's spoiled. Um, I've bought her everything as it is. And I have a feeling that you're not really good at like putting thought into that sometimes. No, it, like, she can tell me what she wants for 30 straight days. <laughs> and then on day 31, I'd be like, man, what did she tell me she wanted? I'm really bad. I'm great day-to-day showing my love to hey, my you know wife. What? Hey, you know what? You're taking it one day at a time. One day at a time. One baby. day at a time. All I do is give my wife all my love one day at a time. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's all I can ask. It's amazing. I'm going to need some music because I need Steven to do picks. Oh, Fendrick didn't get an intro? No. He, he did. Oh, yeah. I'd like to hear it. Let's hear Fendrick. Okay. Make it crazy. He just yeah. deserving it. Okay. I got a great one for you to use. Why don't you throw it out there? I can throw it in there. I mean, my voice. yeah. No big. What you got? I mean, he's like, you know, Iceman's assistant. <laughs> you could say that. Matt Canvasser's assistant. <laughs> Actually, I got something. You like that? Hey, good. Uh-oh. Good. Uh-oh. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage all the way from another part of the country, I don't know, the fire to Iceman's ice, Josh Bendrick. Dude, I'm serious. You could go like announce the starting lineup for the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Do, the, do, a, do a starting lineup. You, you, could, you could do the Bulls. Just give me, give me Jordan and Pippen. You don't have to yeah, go Just give me Michael lineup. Jordan. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Roman um, Coke. He's from North Carolina. Okay. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage. Coming to the stage. <laughs> he plays on a court. It's my go-to. It's my go-to. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, standing at 6'5", the shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls from the University of North Carolina, Air Jordan. That would be awesome if they announced him as that, too. Yeah, they should have. They should have. I feel like Nelson would do it really Did I ever too. tell you my... I think he would, too. He's not a Bulls fan. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> Did, it, did I ever tell you my Michael Jordan going to Chicago United Center, the old United Center? No. I'm eighth grade. Chicago Is that Stadium. what they called it even then? Yeah. Uh, so I, I had to get straight Nelson. A's, straight A's, and my dad said he'd take me to a Bulls game in eighth grade. So I put in the extra work, got the straight A's, went to a Bulls game, got to Chicago. Michael hurts his wrist the day before the game. He might not play. I'm like, are you kidding me? That would be my luck. But he played and scored 69 the night I was there. 69. What? I saw Michael score 69 in person in Shaquille O'Neal's rookie year. Against Sha- the Magic. Against the Magic, and the Bulls lost. You went because you got straight A's. How old were you? I was in eighth grade. 13? Yeah, I guess 13. You're right. 13 years old. You get straight A's, and you get taken to a rookie year Shaquille O'Neal Magic Bulls game in Chicago yes. and see Jordan score 69. Yes. I think you might be the luckiest son of a bitch on earth. Well, it was. And I may have already cursed. You know what? Take the penalty. I don't get to eat raisinets tomorrow. Yes. That sucks. Gosh. I was really looking forward to it. You saw 69? Yes. Can I tell you that I don't think that I got to fully appreciate Michael Jordan? Yeah, you were probably just a hair or two young, I, right? I'm an Allen Iverson guy, so I came at at the tail end. But I I, I saw it. I enjoy. I remember him vividly in '45. Right. I remember his comeback vividly. Yes, I don't. I I wish I saw more. Yeah, Michael Jordan's the greatest sports athlete of my lifetime for sure. I was so all in. I'm still all in. I'm still like, what? The new Jordans are coming out. I'm. Uh, let me see them. I gotta get them. Uh, Michael was. I think he's the closest thing ever to Babe Ruth, where they were wow. like once in a rare occasion, all the stars aligned with advertisement, greatness on the playing field. Mm. All of it lines up to be this pinnacle thing, of course, then to actually do it on the playing field and win. Uh, you think yeah. Tiger could have been that if all that stuff didn't happen? Yeah, I think Tiger was very. I think Tiger is almost in that stratosphere. He's not anymore. As it is. Jordan is untouchable. But, 
Jordan's legacy will never slow down because of what you just said. The the, the stuff that surrounds Jordan. Yes, sure. The shoes, the clothing, and the Jordan brand. The fact that Derek Jeter retires and everyone's like, did you see the commercial where Michael Jordan tipped his hat? Yeah, it's you're like, right. My, what is Michael Jordan like the godfather of sports? That's what he is right now. He definitely is. And everyone else is below him. Yes. And he it's yeah, it's cultish. It really is. Yeah, well, it deserves to be. He's But he's, you're right though, the stars aligning though with merchandise and marketing and advertising and me, economy. Ha- there's only happened to three sports and television. people. Three sports people in history. Michael Jordan and who's the third one? And this is a quiz for all three of you. Who's the third one? Just the blow-up. He blew up because of some of these different circumstances, Babe but the Ruth, stars aligned. Michael Jordan. Is Muhammad sport? Ali. Uh, yes. Okay, I didn't know The stars was... aligned. Yeah, I know. It was vague. But, yeah. yes, the stars aligned for Muhammad Ali as well. I mean, between the war, him speaking out, religion, this, the decade it was involved in, and mm. then his greatness, and then his brains behind all of it. I mean, it was another guy. Those are the three greatest athletes. Of those three, Muhammad Ali is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. If you gave me a guy that's, I don't know, him or Babe is the guy I'd want to sit down and have dinner Never with. Never heard Babe speak. I know. I've always heard great stories. But I actually I, I, grew up with a guy in my town. His grandfather used to play cards with Babe Ruth. What? And he had pictures in his house with his grandfather and Babe Ruth. So it was amazing. Could you imagine yeah. Babe Ruth in a poker game? With Lamont Jordan. <laughs> Babe Ruth would kill him. He'd rake it in. If I was playing poker with Babe Ruth, I would bluff like until I bluffed him. Because I'd be like, hey, remember that time I made Babe Ruth fold with 3-9? Got him. Babe Ruth is making $100,000 in like 1927. Can you imagine that? That's, That's unbelievable. Like a, what is it, like 100 like million? It's like 100 million, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so last week when it comes to the picks, I was up 2-1. Eagles lost, you got that game. Colts beat the Texans, I got that game. We split 1-1 because I think the other three games we tied on. Right. I think. Yeah, we're a tech company. We can't keep track of five games. So right now, like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Carolina Panthers, I am 2-1-1, and you are 1-2-1. Okay. We only got like two more weeks left. We'll do it for the playoffs too. Stats are real questionable. Hey, viewers, Uh, uh, we can't remember the five games we picked last week, but uh, here's the record. Yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah, sure. You know you're losing, and I know you're really competitive, and this is really hard for you. I'm, I might be losing. I won't when it's all said and done. Let's go. Nelson. Oh. The first game to pick, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington team. Just going to get it right off out there. You know what? I'm staying to my guns. I'm going Eagles every week. Good. What am I going to do? Good for you. I think this game's going to be really close. Uh, I am picking Philadelphia as well, though. Deshaun Jackson on those cornerbacks is going to be tough. Yeah, Pierre Garçon. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that Redskins team, they're, they're an anomaly to me almost to a degree because they have a lot of good players, play good offensively, have a good defense. Yet and they're they ranked pretty high on both sides of the ball. Can't score touchdowns. It is a mess right now it with is. Jay Gruden and that quarterback and RG3. Yeah, I love it. It's going to be a crazy offseason. I love it. Oh, we'll get into that later. Yes. In the off season, I'm sure. Right. Hold your breath, cause it's coming. Behind game door number game door number two, the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. Ooh, what you gonna do? Is it in New Orleans? Yes. <laughs> Atlanta in New Orleans. Atlanta. First in game New- of the year. New Orleans dominated the game. Right. And the Falcons exploded. Whoa. And the Falcons exploded on a few really big plays. Smith, kid, the running back who had all those early touchdowns, had like a 60, 70-yard touchdown. Right. Julio Jones was just kind of going. And Drew Brees had a, had a lot. But he had a lot of opportunities, and he overthrew him. Marcus Trufant, or whatever Trufant kid is there, yeah. played great. Right. Um, I think it's in New Orleans. I really want to know about Julio Jones. I know you're going Falcons. I am going Falcons. I'm going to try Desmond Trufant, one of the Trufants. There's a million of them. You're going to go Atlanta. I am. So I'm going to risk it, and I'm going to go with New Orleans. Okay. I like New Orleans at home. I'm not super confident. I know the Bears team is very over. They're awful. They're worse than football. And, and they're coming off a short week. Damn. 
You already took him. I took him. So tell, give me your sales pitch for Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to Atlanta. Atlanta actually been playing better football as of late, uh, which I've semi been impressed with. They have been able to run the ball. Because you a thought bit. they were awful. Yes, I called them the softest team in the NFL about week eight or nine. Uh, I'm not saying they're much more stout than that, but uh, defense. The one thing I like, Mike Nolan, defensive coordinator, he will do some different stuff, which could maybe slow down the pass game of the Saints. Uh, and I think Matt Ryan's having a phenomenal year. If they have Julio Jones, watch out. They could win. You're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, if they're smart enough to go, hey, Drew Brees is going to throw past 20 yards and they take away all the underneath stuff right. and not be afraid of a deep route right. and just play behind them, Falcons could have a big They got a good secondary. Sounds like you want to take the Falcons. I do, but I'm trying to win a tournament good. or uh, whatever it is. It's called a tournament. It's called a tournament. Play that tournament. music. Tournament. tournament. I want some Wooder. It's not the Tour de France. It's the Tour de France. <laughs> Game number three, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't look at me like that. I don't have my headphones. I can't hear. Chiefs at the Steelers. Chiefs at the Steelers. Your I'm pick. going Steelers. Big Ben all the way. Uh, Chiefs. Th- this game will be close, I do think. Chiefs run defense, scary. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense in general, I think, is one of the hardest to defend in football with those receivers, that run game. And then the Chiefs, uh, they can run the ball great. Steelers can semi-stop the run, and the Chiefs can't throw the ball that great. And Steelers aren't great in the secondary. I just don't think the Chiefs can take advantage of it. I think that's the best point that you made that I can't over, like, I, I think – it's the, the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary stinks. Yes. But I don't know if Kansas City has the weapons to take advantage of. No. I do think this will be the week they get their first receiver touchdown since they are going into week 16 of the NFL season and no receiver has caught a touchdown pass for them. Mm. But this is going to be the week. Here is the thing, though, is the two week they scored 31 against Oakland. The two weeks before that, 14 against Arizona, 16 against Denver. Those are two good defenses. And I yeah. think maybe I, I read into that a lot. I, I can't stop thinking, though, that – the Pittsburgh Steelers can let up the run. I mean, they got some guys that can let up the run. Kansas City, Pittsburgh. I'm not betting against Big Ben. I'm going. I'm going. Okay. I'm going with the Steelers. I am. That Stolen. was anticlimactic. <laughs> the fourth game you must pick from the Seattle Seahawks on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks. Seahawks all the way. I mean, Ryan Lindley starting a quarterback, it's hard to do that. I do Six think, interceptions. I won't be shocked if this game semi-close, too, though. That's, that Arizona defense, uh, they're, they're tough. They'll be a good matchup for Seattle. They're not going to get blown out of the water. Russell Wilson, four-wide receiver, stretch out that D-line, run in the gaps if they over-pursue, hit the slant if it's there. Just we'll go see. down the field. We'll see but, hey, Daryl Bevel, most overrated offensive coordinator in the NFL. I would agree with that statement. Yes, I concur. All I do, what I do is I just, I take your opinion. Yes, I can see that. But I only take the good opinions. There's a lot of opinions out there that I think are awful. (laughs) But the good ones, I'll go, you know what? Wow, Russell Wilson is really winning this game by himself. Andrew Luck is winning this game by himself. Right. Colin Kaepernick is drowning by himself. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is amazing. You have have some good points. Others, not so much. (laughs) Dead or alive, Eagles dead, you're dead. (laughs) The fifth and final game, Monday Night Football, the Denver Broncos and Cincinnati Bengals. I'm stealing one here. I'm stealing one here. You're not going to pick them, are you? You don't know what I'm doing. I think you're picking the Bengals, and I'm going to just take the safe road and pick the Broncos. Sure. I am. I'm taking the Bengals. I am the, going Bengals. Yes. The, I cannot the believe you're, the, you're the, betting. So he wants to correct us on tournament. Yeah, he says the Cincinnati These Bengals. Bengals? We ain't walking like an Egyptian here. Bengals. The Bengals. The Bengals will win. They want their hair back. The Bengals will win. Bengals. Yes. You're taking Andy Dalton. I know. Against the Denver defense that we're talking about that is very, awesome. very good. It's awesome. Uh, yes. Goated. Cincinnati defense been good. I think they have a secondary to slow Chris down. Chris Jr. is about to earn that paycheck. The dink and dunk. You know, Peyton Manning pass game. I think they can be very aggressive on that end. Stop a little bit of that. Uh, yes, and I... Um, I think you're... See, this is where I think you're crazy. Yeah. They just, you just saw them play very well against a Cincinnati Browns team. Right. With Johnny Cle- Manziel. Browns, yes. Johnny Manziel. Right. And a defense that we know is awful. They're about to take on the Broncos. I know. I'm just going with it. I also think they're more desperate at this point. Uh, desperation is a thing. 
Monday night at home. They're pretty tough to beat at home as well. They're a team that's won a lot of games there the last two years. Is so. Marvin Lewis a better coach than John Fox? Ooh, uh, I, I would almost probably give that a push in that area. Chris, you're going to let him off the hook for saying Cincinnati Browns that easily? Oh, I, you know, is that what I said? Yeah, he did. He didn't even realize it's he the course. Even... It's the course. Yes, banquet sure beer. it is. Sure, it's the course. The banquet beer. Come on, wrap the show up. Let's go. All right. You know, today was a tough show. I sit here with Chris Sims and I think, God, that mother. I've cursed. I've cursed. I've cursed a lot today. I want to say thank you to Stephen Nelson. I want to say thank you to Ellis Williams. I want to say thank you to Josh Fendrick. I want to say thank you to Bleacher Report for being a cool place to talk about football. They are cool. Right? I second that. I think that's pretty awesome. I want to say thank you to everyone that's listened. I want to say a hey, Oreo. Come on. Or Bazooka Joe. We should totally turn our attention to Bazooka Joe. Twitter is at Sims and Lefko. You will begin tweeting at Bazooka Joe. Let's make this an official campaign. Like Oreo that. was a pipe dream. Oreo was the pretty girl that was a senior while you were a freshman, and you thought you had a chance, but really, she's talking to Todd. I had a chance. You had a chance. I did. Bazooka open. Joe, Bazooka Joe is sitting there waiting to be asked. Oh, only the original. Only the original. We'll see how many Sims can fit in his mouth next time on the Sims and Left Go Podcast. <laughs>